Chapter 13 Panic assailed Mariah as she watched Brian enter the cottage. Oh, God, a state investigator. What were the fucking odds Casey's brother would be in law enforcement? This could get very ugly, very quickly, if she didn't get herself under control. She couldn't do anything that would raise suspicion, and that meant she had to act as normal as possible, and she did everything in her power to appear unflustered. Pretend he's a stockbroker, she told herself. Yeah, right. Good fucking luck with that. Casey reached out, took her arm, and pulled out a chair for her. A shiver traveled up her spine as he whispered in her ear, You look beautiful this morning. Mariah wasn't sure if the trembling she felt was a reaction to Casey or fear. Thanks. His eyes narrowed as he inspected her face. Everything okay? Um, yeah. She smiled. Just trying to wake up. You wore me out last night. Grinning, he placed a kiss on her lips. Right back at you. A noise behind them had Mariah and KC turning, and the latter rushed over to open the door as Brian carried a full tray out. Noting the coffee, Casey raised an eyebrow. Just two cups? You're not having any? No, sorry, bro. I just got paged into the station. You two enjoy breakfast. He regarded Mariah in a way which made her want to squirm. It was nice to meet you, Mara. She prayed neither of them could hear the hammering of her heart. It was nice to meet you, too. I'm sure I'll see you soon. She nodded and told herself not to read into those words. He was just being friendly, wasn't he? Twenty minutes later, her stomach churning, Mariah sat there, picking at the bagel Casey had placed in front of her, but never bringing a morsel to her mouth. His brother's visit and fast exit bothered her. She tried to convince herself there was no way he could know about her in her past, but something about their whole interaction left her unsettled. Devoid of an appetite and needing to think things over, she stood, obviously catching K.C. off guard. I'm going back to bed. Mind if I join you? There was no missing the hopefulness in his question. I'm sorry, K.C. I'm not feeling well. At least it was the truth. I think I'm coming down with something. Maybe a nap will help me feel better. Clearly not happy about it, Casey bit his lip and nodded, but she was grateful he didn't push the issue. Okay, you go rest. Let me know if you need anything. Not wanting him to worry, she leaned down and gave him a quick kiss on the lips. Thanks. On her way to her room, not his, Mariah grabbed her purse from the couch. She shouldn't have left it out in the open last night, with her real ID in it. But then again, she didn't even recall how it ended up there after they arrived home. She had been too busy kissing K.C. Closing the bedroom door behind her, she turned the lock, then tossed her purse on the nightstand as she flopped onto the bed. She couldn't shake her uneasiness about Brian Malone. How could she have been so stupid? How could she have let her guard down? She had been crazy to think she could settle down here. There was no way she could do anything normal again. To do so could end up with her being killed. Shit. She had just spent the most incredible night of her life with the most amazing man in the world, 
only to discover he had a detective for a brother. Now she would have to leave sooner than she'd expected, and the thought of leaving K.C. was tearing her apart. It shouldn't, considering she barely knew him, but it was. She was probably just another conquest in a long line of women he had slept with. The thought made her jealous, although she had no right to be, and she chastised herself. Last night was just a one-night stand. He hadn't professed love for her. They had known each other less than a week. There couldn't be love there. That only happened in romance novels and fairy tales, didn't it? But Mariah knew it was there, deep down in her heart. She had fallen in love with Casey the first time he had kissed her on the beach. His touch and scent were forever burned into her memory. She would never forget him but she couldn't stay and risk her past catching up with her. It would only place him in danger as well, and she couldn't do that to him. Somehow, she would have to pretend that nothing was wrong for the rest of the day. She couldn't have Casey suspecting she was planning on running away. It would create too many questions, and she was having a difficult time leaving him as it was. Standing, she walked into the adjoining bathroom. She used the toilet, then washed her hands. Studying herself in the mirror, she wished her life was normal again, and her family was alive, but that wasn't going to happen. She couldn't rely on anyone to keep her safe. She would have to do it by herself. If she told K.C. what had happened, he might not believe her, or if he did, he could end up being killed when the ugliness she had left in Chicago caught up with her. She was certain one day it would, and she couldn't put K.C. at risk. The best thing to do was leave tonight. She could already feel her heart breaking. Reluctantly, she made up her mind. Tonight, after Casey fell asleep, she would grab her things along with a bag of money and disappear. She could walk into town and call a cab to take her back to the Walmart in Elizabeth City. From there, she would catch a bus to God only knew where, just anywhere but here. Pulling the covers up to her waist, she settled into the soft mattress. Now that she had a plan, she would need to get some more sleep. The Lord only knew when she would feel safe again. Mara hadn't looked at him and had barely uttered a word since his brother left. She just sat there, picking at the bagel he had placed in front of her, but never bringing a morsel to her mouth. Casey knew she must be regretting last night. Fuck. He shouldn't have pushed her so hard. But he had wanted her badly, and just assumed they were on the same page when she had responded so quickly. Well, he didn't regret last night one bit. It had been the most fantastic evening he had ever spent with a woman. Whoever had told her she wasn't good in bed was a fucking ass. She had been like molten lava in his hands, and he had lost track of how many orgasms he'd brought her to. The woman was incredible in bed, and he was growing hard just thinking about it. After she had gone back to bed, he sat there brooding for a while. Somehow, he had to change her mind and banish any regrets she had, because now that he had taken her to his bed, he was dying for it to happen again. He still hadn't had his fill of her, and he'd be damned if he only had one night with her. Shaking his head, he headed inside to grab his car keys, cursing himself the entire time. Two hours later, after an extra-long workout at the local gym a high school buddy owned, and then a subsequent shower, Casey pulled into a parking spot in front of the hardware store and turned off the engine. 
He sat there a moment, drumming his fingers on the steering wheel, again replaying the night before and this morning over and over in his mind. He couldn't think of a single thing he had done wrong except, perhaps, push Mara too fast. Maybe he should have just waited a few more days. However, at the time, he had wanted her so painfully that he couldn't make himself wait any longer. Fuck, he was a jackass. Banging his hand on the steering wheel in frustration for the fifth time since he had left the cottage, he climbed out of the car and headed into the shop. His mind elsewhere, he wasn't paying attention when he tripped over Jinx lying in the doorway and ended up sprawled on the floor in front of the counter. The lazy-ass dog picked his head up, gave him a whatever look, and promptly went back to sleep. Useless fucking dog. Casey mumbled while getting to his feet and brushing himself off. Dan, who had observed the entire incident from his seat behind the counter, was laughing hysterically. Don't be mad at him because you can't watch where you're going. What's got you in such a sour mood? I thought you'd be walking on cloud nine today. Giving the dog a last annoyed glance, Casey's eyes narrowed as he turned toward the counter. Why would you think that? Brian stopped back here on his way out of town. That was all Dan needed to say. Casey could figure out the rest on his own. He shrugged his shoulders. Apparently, my idea of the morning after was different from Morris. She barely said two words to me this morning. I went back to bed after Brian left. Told me she didn't feel well. But I don't think that's what's going on. Shoot, boy, what did you do wrong? Shaking his head, he stuck his hands into his jeans pockets and leaned against the counter. I haven't the damnedest idea. Well, then figure it out, son. I happen to like the little lady a lot, and I think she's good for you. She's perfect for you. He gaped at the man. What? Do you have us eloping already? I've only known the woman a week. I'm not getting any younger. Unless I give you boys some help, I'll be waiting forever to become a great uncle. I want to enjoy the little ones while I can. And don't you dare elope, Dan added, pointing his finger at his nephew. Holy crap. Not only do you have me marrying her, you have us having kids already? What the fuck, Dan? The man sighed. I know when two people belong together. It was obvious the way y'all were looking at each other last night that you two were made for each other. Now, go buy Mara some flowers and apologize for whatever the hell you did, even if you don't have a fucking clue what it is. Casey just stared at his uncle as he headed to his office at the back of the store. Shaking his head, the younger man stepped over the snoring canine and walked back out into the bright sunshine. Thinking his uncle might be right, he headed to the florist up the street. Not long after Casey left, Jinx lay in the middle of the third aisle where he'd moved to continue his nap. But he jumped up, his tail wagging furiously, and trotted over to Bonnie Whitman as she strode through the front door of Malone's hardware store. The older woman laughed as she bent down to scratch the dog's ears. Well, hello there, good boy. You always know who walks in with dog biscuits in their pockets, don't you? Reaching into her jacket, she pulled out a giant bone-shaped treat. The dog promptly plopped his butt on the floor and offered her a paw. She shook Jinx's outstretched limb and handed him his gift. Even though his mouth was full, the dog gave her a grateful woof 
and retreated to the back of the store with his prize. Behind the counter, where he had been paying some bills, Dan snorted and shook his head at his deceased wife's best friend. You spoil that dog. Bonnie smirked. Oh, and like you don't. Besides, I don't have any grandchildren to spoil yet, so Jinx reaps the benefits. Her only son and daughter-in-law were newlyweds who lived in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. Much to her chagrin, they had put off having children right away. I hear you've been doing some matchmaking lately, you old coot. How did their date that wasn't really a date go last night? He grinned widely. Pretty darn good if I do say so myself. Dinner was fantastic and apparently so was the rest of the evening. They might have hit a small bump this morning, but Casey was going to pick up some flowers to smooth things over. I'm telling you, Bonnie, those two were meant for each other. I can feel it right here. He tapped his hand over his heart. You know, she reminds me a lot of Lori, the boy's mother, which works out well since Casey is the spitting image of his father. It's a shame Tommy never had a chance to know his sons as men. He would have been so proud. Just like you are, you did an excellent job with those boys after their parents died, and they love you for it. Thanks, he replied sheepishly. So, what can I do for you? Or did you just come in to make my dog fat and me happy? As if on cue, Jinx came running back to beg for the second biscuit he knew Bonnie had for him, and she handed it over. Actually, I came by to see if you could come over to my house sometime in the next few days and take a look at the toilet in the spare bathroom. I want to know if it's an easy fix or if I need a new one before I call the plumber. I don't trust contractors anymore since that electrician tried to cheat me last year. Thank God you came by before I signed anything and he started working. They think they can get one over on dumb single old ladies like me. Dan scoffed. You are certainly not dumb, most definitely a lady, and don't look a day over forty. I would be happy to swing by and take a look, as long as you make your famous meatloaf as payment for my professional services. Grinning, Bonnie winked at him. You're on. Is tomorrow night okay? Sounds perfect. After she left the store and headed toward her boutique, Dan went back to his bills and started whistling a silly tune.